At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Hit us all up on the network at VSIN Live. And uh, remember the line from the A team where Hannibal would have the, you know, the cigar in his mouth. Oh, by the way, the A-Team was a show that used to air like in the 80s and and it featured this, you know, dysfunctional group of ex-military men who were wrongfully imprisoned. And, you know, it was uh, Mr. T got his start as B.A. Baracus and he wore all the chains and that's where I Pity the Fool came from. Anyway, remember the line from the A-Team where Hannibal would have the cigar in his mouth after like the mission was successful and he'd go, I love it when a plan comes together. If you don't remember it, trust me, that was the line. Watching the end result of the first game of week two of the NFL preseason between the Bears and the Seahawks, and watching the Seahawks have an opportunity in the red zone at the end, but fail to score, and the total going under with a final score of 27 to 11. That's 38 for you math majors. All I can think of was Hannibal taking the cigar out of his mouth. I love it when a plan comes together. We talked about this after week one of the NFL preseason. The overs happened for multitude of reasons. There were uh, the backups playing and proving themselves. There were sloppy tackling because players and teams had not hit enough in practice. They were not prepared to play games. You saw guys trying to avoid injuries and really not take risks when it came to tackling. Just bad coverage on defense, bad tackling, and the offenses were able to put up points. And the thought process was, after the books adjusted to the tune of, at what at one point during this week, we saw games lined up. Nine out of the 16 games were into the 40s. After zero in week one, were lined into the 40s. This game was as high as 42 before the news that Drew Locke was not going to play because of testing positive for COVID. And as sharp money started coming in and people were betting the under, as shows like this one here on VSIN were telling you to bet the under, 
when it was at 42 and 41 and 40 and all those half numbers in between. Finally, closing at 39, the game goes under with a total of 38. So again, I love it when a plan comes together. In this game, the bulk of the action went to the backups. I mean, Geno Smith did play 10 of 18, 112 yards, no touchdowns. Jacob Eason uh, got the rest of the game, 17 of 35, passing 141 yards. Again, no touchdowns, no picks for the Seahawks. Darwin Thompson scored the only touchdown for the Seahawks. He had six carries for 34 yards. For the Bears, Justin Fields, 5 of 7 passing, 39 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. He uh, uh, was uh, preceded or succeeded by Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman. Trevor Simeon, 8 of 15 passing, 48 yards and a touchdown. Nathan Peterman, 8 of 14 for 85 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. One rushing touchdown by Darnton Evans, who had eight carries for 39 yards and a score. The Seahawks took a 17 nothing. excuse me, the Bears took a 17 nothing lead into the half and then uh, went on to win 27-11, and the under does come through. I feel the same way all this week, especially with teams that had joint practices. And I went over the list earlier this week, but coming up on Friday, you have some teams that, were, that had joint practices, especially the Panthers and the Patriots, who got into a bit of a scuffle this week during their practice, and you could uh, say that, Maybe that intensity, the animosity that they have towards each other after a week of practicing together, it'll all lead to some pretty uh, intense play, especially at the line of scrimmage when it comes for Friday's preseason game. I see this game going under. I really do. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think the, the, the lines will take pride in trying to outwill the opponents. I think the defenses will take pride in hitting the opponents because of the frustration that played itself out during their joint practices this week. So keep an eye on that as we go throughout the preseason this week because this is the week uh, where teams had their joint practices, right? So week one, they you know did whatever they did in training camp. Then they play the preseason game. Now they have the joint practices this week, week two, lead, uh, leading up to a preseason game. And then we're only going to have one, one final preseason game because remember, there's only three now. And then we get ready for week one of the regular season. So the list of teams with joint practices this week. I mentioned we have the Patriots playing against the Panthers. That was a joint practice. Other teams that have joint practices this week uh, are going to be, as I'll get you the list real quick. Um, Let's see. We have the Saints and the Packers. That game is also being played on Friday. Saints and Packers. 49ers and Vikings, that game is going to be played on uh, Saturday. Chargers and Cowboys, also on Saturday. Bucks and Titans on Saturday. Eagles and Browns, that game on Sunday. And Falcons-Jets, that game is on Monday. All of those teams had joint practices together all this week. I like all of those games to go under their totals. Of course, the big story in the NFL, Deshaun Watson, who had his suspension increased 
to 11 games and also fined $5 million after a settlement between Deshaun Watson and the uh, NFL. So basically between the NFL and the NFLPA. There's the tweet right there. Uh, the deal is agreed to. NFL and NFLPA, they reached that settlement. 11 games without pay and a $5 million fine. He'll also undergo mandatory evaluation by behavioral experts and follow their suggested treatment program. Uh, the suspension takes effect on August 30th when NFL teams cut down their rosters to 53 players. He will be eligible for reinstatement on November 28th. That means that he is eligible and available to play for the Browns in week 13 when the Browns take on the Texans in Houston, obviously Deshaun Watson's former team. So looking at the Browns' schedule and seeing the games that they will have Deshaun Watson for, it'll start that game in Houston on December 4th, and then at the Bengals, home against the Ravens, home against the Saints, at the Commanders, and at the Steelers. I can tell you right now, they will be favored in the game against the Texans, dogs uh, at Cincinnati, possibly a slight dog at home against the Ravens, depending on how good the Ravens are at that point. Uh, pick them, maybe uh, against the Saints. A favorite on the road in Washington, a favorite on the road in Pittsburgh, but depending on what Pittsburgh is by that point. I mean, maybe Pittsburgh has a season where it's like, you know, hey, Mike Tomlin doesn't never had a losing season. Maybe this team goes to the playoffs. But 11 games, now you wonder what the Browns do this season. Do they stick it out with Jacoby Brissett? Or does 11 games now make them reevaluate their season? Do the Browns feel like they should go out and acquire Jimmy Garoppolo? He's the big name that's out there. If they get Jimmy Garoppolo, they automatically kind of put this Watson thing behind them. You know, you'd sign Jimmy G to like a one-year deal. And he's your quarterback. And you go about, it this, you go about this season, and you probably make the playoffs. Because he's that good of a quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo gets the Cleveland Browns into the playoffs. Does Jacoby Brissett? For 11 games? I don't know. And I, I, I'd say the answer is probably no. The question is, do the Browns try and trade for Garoppolo where they'll have to give up some assets considering they've already given up assets for Deshaun Watson? And, or you say we have no interest in, Deshaun, in Jimmy Garoppolo, even though you really do. No one apparently has interest in trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. You wait till the 49ers say, eh, you know what? We might as well just release this guy because otherwise we're going to have to pay him. And then after he gets released, then you pick up the phone, you call him up, and you say, how would you like to be our starting quarterback? Even if it's 10 games of Jimmy G, it's better than 10 games of Jacoby Brissett. And I don't even think it's close. And with a roster that is talented enough to make a postseason run, if, if I'm the Cleveland Browns, I'm making the move. When Deshaun Watson's out for six weeks, you don't make the move. But now it's five more games 
on top of those six that you were initially prepared for. That five-game stretch makes or breaks your season. If you thought to yourself, all right, you know, maybe we can go, you know, uh, we can have a decent record through the first couple of games without Deshaun Watson, and eventually when he comes back and he plays, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, all right, plays against the Ravens with that seventh game, uh, all right, then Bengals, even if he's out for eight games, they go four and four, whatever, 11 games now. With the games against the Dolphins, Bills, Bucks, I mean, you're losing those three games. Not unless you go out there and get Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Coming up next, we... At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare joined by our very own danny burke host of rush hour here on the network this is the look ahead on vcin the sports betting network VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of The Look Ahead is presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a uh, simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and lasting uh, change on your terms. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there have been times where I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet. I'm sure a lot of smokers and dippers out there can relate. Zinn understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone is on their own journey. So whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zinn will be there for you with the right strength, the right flavor at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and want to learn more today, check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Back here on The Look Ahead, I'm Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining us now is our very own host of Rush Hour here on the network, as well as the Chicago City cast presented by Bet Rivers. He is Danny Burke. Uh, Danny, the Bears with another preseason win, 27-11 over the Seahawks. The city's got to be a buzz over your undefeated Bears right now. 
Yeah, I, you know, I was saying it after last week. I, I guess the banners are getting raised even a little bit higher. We started off 1-0, now they're going 2-0. Man, I mean, we, we might as well start planning the parade already. Uh, yeah, no, uh, in all seriousness, uh, these are probably going to be the uh, few amount of wins that us Bears fans are going to be able to celebrate this year. However, you and I have talked before. I, I'm a tad bit more bullish on the Bears than a lot of people are, but Look, at the end of the day, as long as you see the progression happening during the regular season and you realize that Justin Fields hopefully can be a franchise quarterback, that's where the real expectations are. But, yeah, I mean, shout out to the Bears coming coming to Seattle, winning 27-11. to 11. Uh, I actually faded the Bears in this game. Granted, it was before the Drew Locke news came about, but I didn't think it would be uh, this abysmal of a performance by Seattle. But you got to think uh, the quarterback decision got a little bit simpler as of this moment for Seattle. The Bears 6-1 to one on the DraftKings Sportsbook to be the lowest scoring team in the NFL. While 27 points in a preseason game uh, certainly doesn't make you feel good about that bet, the fact that the scoring was not done by the first-team offense does make me feel good. What have you noticed from Justin Fields and that first-team offense in limited playing time here in the preseason? Yeah, again, you said limited, but I think the big difference that you could kind of see and, and hope it continues, of course, is really that there's just a variety in play calling and that they utilize screens. That's really nothing that was implemented during the Matt Nagy era. It was all of these lateral movements, but it, it was just like the same thing like Cordero Patterson was in the backfield or running a wildcat, and you knew what was happening every time. I know that was a couple years ago, but still, it was just nonsense like that where it was so dang predictable that it was just setting up Justin Fields for just failure right out of the gates. And it's not that the offensive line should be that much better, but you just got to hope they are not as poor as they were last year. And again, I know everybody's making a fuss that there's no weapons for the Bears. And yeah, losing and kill Harry for a considerable amount of time certainly is a bummer. But everybody's acting like Allen Robinson was a superstar last year. He literally was not a factor whatsoever. And Darnell Mooney had a great highlight in week one. We're all assuming he takes another step forward. Cole Komet only has up to go at this point, and they already stressed how much they need him to succeed in this offense. Bellis Jones Jr., you could see what kind of athlete he was tonight, had a great punt return, but if he can continue his dominance as a receiver and if Byron Pringle can be as speedy and elusive as we have seen in the past, this offense, I honestly believe, can take a step forward from what we saw last year. And last year, it was horrid. So again, there, it, you would hope that they can only go up from this point on, but truthfully, I think with Getsy calling the plays, it will be more of a competent looking offense and I get that people are thinking they're just going to be terrible and that that may be worth the play but you also got to remember there's teams out there literally like the Seahawks who have a better chance in my opinion uh the Texans the Falcons all of those teams are going to be set up for really really bad years what's been the conversation surrounding this defense led by new head coach Matt Eberfluss you know, you hire Matt Eberflus because you still want that Chicago mentality, I guess. And and really, you just heard great things about him. And I, personally, when it happened originally, Scott, I wasn't too thrilled because I wanted the Bears to still go in an offensive direction. But if he's more of the CEO and he lets the offense do their thing with uh, with Gatsy and the defense kind of do their thing, and, you know, obviously he'll have a little bit more play on the defensive side of the ball 
I'll be fine with that. But the defense is not going to be that great this year. We're still waiting to see what the heck happens with Roquan Smith. Uh, in terms of Robert Quinn, he's back out there, which was a little bit surprising, but good to see. Secondary-wise, they were Swiss cheese last year. But you drafted two guys in the secondary who are going to have a lot of hype and Brisker and Gordon. So if those guys can show out their first year, this their secondary at least may be a tad bit underrated. And then aside from that, again, like the guys I listed with Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith, you got two playmakers. But aside from that, you're pretty thin throughout the rest of the backer squad and then up front defensively. So I'm not really expecting anything great defensively. Maybe you just got to hope that they can increase their turnovers. I mean, you definitely got to hope that, but I think you'll actually see that on paper. But I'm not expecting this defense to have a quick turnaround and just look great under Matt Eberflus right away. But like I said, I think the most important thing, because you really have never had this, is to see a reliable consistent offense that shows that they can compete and shoot out games. So that's really going to be the importance this year. I don't think anybody's holding the defense to a high standard because you know, that'll inevitably come when you get a head coach like Matt Eberflip. So uh, in time, that'll be there. But right now the biggest stepping stone is where can you have this offense by next year? So then you can really utilize all of that cap space you have. Any interest in taking the points in week one against the 49ers? Oddly enough, okay, and, and, you know, here I am talking about the Bears. I'm usually fading the Bears left and right, but if this number gets up to seven, which I kind of imagine it will by the time we get to week one, I wouldn't hate the idea of taking seven points with the Bears at home. I mean, week ones are always a little bit wonky because you have all summer to prepare, first of all. Uh, it's a home opener for the Bears. They played the 49ers incredibly close last year, and I get it. It's a different year. But if anything, I think the Bears would have a better chance to win this game because you're going up against Trey Lance, who is an unknown commodity right now. This guy could be the greatest quarterback. This guy could be an absolute bust. We have no idea. He has limited amount of reps. I know he's kind of getting it in there in preseason, but once the real deal happens, I mean, who knows what we can expect out of this kid. And I'm not saying the Bears are going to win the game or anything, but, man, I mean, seven points. For an unknown quarterback, I get Shanahan's great and the rest of the roster is really solid. But yeah, if this thing gets to seven or above, I just don't see how you would be tempted to lay that with San Francisco in week one. Let's switch gears and get into Major League Baseball. I love this tweet by the White Sox earlier today. It said, uh, White Sox five, not the White Sox more than five. Obviously, they got blown <laughs> out 21 to five by the Houston Astros. They're now two and a half games back in the Central, three games back of the third wild card in the American League. So let me ask you, Danny, your options are the White Sox win the Central, the White Sox win a wild card spot, the White Sox miss the postseason. Which one are you betting on? Uh, you know, I, I'm invested in my White Sox to win the Central ticket from May, so I, I guess I'll go with the White Sox to win the Central. Do I feel good about it? Absolutely not. The White Sox don't do anything that'll make you feel good about yourself. But look, the first two wins they had against Houston were incredibly impressive. I, I actually bet against the White Sox these last two games, so that really wasn't you know too appalling to me to assume the Astros would bounce back, but now is when the big test is coming for the White Sox because their next series is at Cleveland where they've just absolutely struggled so far. But I'm not – I mean, the Twins are getting a little bit hot right now, but their schedule is going to start to get really tough. So I think the Twins will start to falter. And, again, I'm just waiting for this Guardians offense to kind of finally slow down and conversely for the White Sox offense to pick it up. And, and it'll happen in spurts, but – 
the tough thing also about the White Sox is when you get an outing with Lucas Giolito, you're like, man, I mean, this guy's supposed to be reliable. He's the opposite of that. Johnny Cueto has been very serviceable, but it stinks you have to rely on him at this point. And Lance Lynn, you don't know what the hell is going to happen with Lance Lynn. So, I mean, the White Sox need to find some consistency. It really all depends on the value about those three questions, but I think the wild card would be the least likely. If the White Sox are making the playoffs, it's going to be via winning the AL Central. So you either got to pick from the Central or nothing. But, you know, I'll go with the Central here. I still got a little hope for this White Sox team just based on the raw talent they have. And maybe they can just at least come together enough to barely get by, and then they'll get smoked in the first round of the postseason. White Sox with the fifth easiest schedule remaining in all of Major League Baseball. Danny, appreciate the time and the conversation. We'll do it again real soon. Absolutely, Scott. Take care, my man. There he is, our very own Danny Burke, host of Rush Hour here on VSIN, as well as the Chicago CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Talk a little more Major League Baseball coming up next right here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead on VCND Sports Betting Network. Speaking of baseball predictions made brighter, how about uh, the underdogs having a day here as we get the view from Vegas from our very own Dave Tooley on Twitter. Uh, dogs went 6-5 and five on Thursday. The biggest upset was by the Nationals. Plus 310 in a 3-1 victory over the Padres. The Blue Jays beat the Yankees at plus 146. The Cubs beat the Orioles at plus 144. The Pirates, a plus 135 win, 8-2 over the Red Sox. They snapped their six-game winning streak. Home teams went 6-5, overs 7-4. and four. Taking a look around Major League Baseball, though, this was an interesting day. I mean, you had some favorites that were just so, I don't want to call it free, but I mean, come on. Uh, Cardinals against the Rockies was never a sweat. Adam Wainwright was great as he throws, uh, what was it, seven shutout innings. He only allowed three hits. Albert Pujols hit a pinch hit, grand slam, 13-0. You could have laid the run line. It would have been so easy there as uh, it was just cake for the Cardinals going up against the Rockies in this one. Again, 13-0, Adam Wainwright, 7 Shutout innings. The Rangers with a 10-3 win over the A's. Uh, Dane Dunning, we talked about him last night. Um, who was it? Charlie DeSterko on our show called him, what, Stunning Dunning? Um, he pitched well as the uh, Rangers get the 10-3 win. Astros absolutely blow out the White Sox 21-5. The Brewers beating the Dodgers 5-3. This is one where... Remember, I was saying, oh, you know, Corbin Burns against Andrew Haney. Like, I like taking Milwaukee in the first five innings. 
Turns out, first five innings was a win. Didn't even need to take the first five innings. Could have taken them for the game because they win 5-3, to three, the final score there. You had the uh, Diamondbacks in a 5 nothing win over the Giants. Loved the under in this one. This game easily goes under. I played the under first five, which did not come through because all five runs that were scored in this game by the Diamondbacks came in the first five innings. It was a 3-0 Diamondbacks lead in the top of the fifth inning. The Diamondbacks scored two runs in the top of the fifth. Logan Webb tagged for all five runs. Only three of them earned, though, as the Giants' defense continues to let them down, but the game does go under the total of seven. The Pirates defeated the Red Sox 8-2. This is one where we thought about playing the over. Uh, It actually came through, but we didn't play it. The over that we did play was the Yankees and the Blue Jays. As Jose Barrios and Frankie Montas did battle, and Montas got blown up. He gives up six runs on eight hits in six innings, five runs in the second inning alone for the Blue Jays. The Yankees responded with two. In the bottom of the third, this was a 9-2 finish for the Blue Jays. And I tweeted out, again, at Scott's on air, you follow me, Jordan Montgomery greater than Frankie Montas. And, yeah, that's what's happened. The Yankees decided to make a trade with the A's to acquire Frankie Montas because they felt they needed another potential top-of-the-line starter in their rotation should they, um, you know, they obviously, well, they're going to make the playoffs, but they needed a top-of-the-line type of guy. Frankie Montas is that top-of-the-line top, of, top of the line kind of guy. Well, in three starts against the Yankees, uh, three starts for the Yankees, I should say, um, Frankie Montas becomes the first pitcher to allow 14 or more runs and 18 or more hits in his first three starts with the Yankees since 2005. And it's the second time this season. So there's only been two times this season that Montas has allowed six or more runs in a game. Both of those games came as a member of the New York Yankees. So he has made three starts. The Yankees are one and two in those three starts. He allowed six runs in three innings against St. Louis. Two runs in five innings against the Red Sox. And in this game, allowing the six runs in six innings of work. The Blue Jays closed the gap with the Yankees to nine games. But while Frankie Montas has been absolutely struggling with the Yankees, on the flip side, the guy they traded away, because I guess he wasn't good enough to be the third man or the fourth man in the Yankee rotation, Jordan Montgomery has made three starts for the Cardinals, including one against the Yankees. He has thrown 16 and two-thirds innings for the Cardinals. He has allowed just one run. One run in three starts. He has struck out 17 in 16 and two-thirds innings. He has only walked three. And he has allowed 12 hits in 16 and two-thirds innings. Opponent, uh, his ERA since, uh, what is it, 0.54, something like that? Why the Yankees made this trade, I have no idea. And I don't know, 
Jordan Montgomery would have been perfectly fine in this Yankee rotation. And acquiring Frankie Montas has done nothing for the Yankees. And this might wind up being a, a trade where the more the bigger name was Frankie Montas, but the more valuable part of this trade might wind up being um, Lou Trevino, who I know has shown his warts as well as a member of the Yankees, but still a guy that could be a big back end of the bullpen guy, especially with Clay Holmes going on the IL and with Araldis Chapman not being the same pitcher that he was. Lou Trevino could be the guy that might be the savior for the Yankees if he pitches big-time minutes, uh, big-time innings, excuse me, in the back end of their rotation. Kind of reminds me of the Mets trade with the Mariners to acquire Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz. Whereas the bigger name in that deal was Robinson Cano, but the, 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 the real prize in that trade was Edwin Diaz, who at first was very bad, and now he's the most elite closure in baseball. That might be the case here with the Yankees. Montas was the name, but Trevino could be the prize. Yankees still nine games up in the American League East. I don't think it's time to panic. But this is a rough stretch of baseball for them. After this Blue Jays series, the Yankees will then play the Mets for two games. So they got three more against the Blue Jays, two against the Mets, before getting a nice respite in a West Coast trip where they have four in Oakland and three against the Angels. But then get this, a cross-country trip from L.A. to Tampa to play the Rays for three games, September 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. That's not going to be easy for the Yankees. Now, they do have an off day in between the last game in L.A. and the first game in Tampa, so a travel day built into the schedule there. But still, cross-country flight, playing the next day, all that stuff. Yankees really need to dominate that West Coast trip. They can struggle here against the Blue Jays and the Mets. Let's say out of the next you know, five games, they lose three of them. You're okay with it if they go out west and they win six of seven. Or maybe even they sweep all seven. You're playing two of the worst teams in baseball. You got to handle your business. The Yankees should win all four games in Oakland. And they should at least take two of three from the Angels. I don't know if Otani's going to pitch in that series. That would be my only hesitation about maybe the Yankees, you know, not sweeping them in those three games. But... That after that West Coast trip, that's when it's going to become time to like really wonder if the Yankees are going to hold on to this thing. Because let's say they struggle on that West Coast trip. They're struggling like they're struggling now. They play two bottom feeder teams like the A's and the Angels, and they come back and they get swept, let's say, by Tampa Bay, and they have this, this run of Rays, Twins, Rays, Red Sox, Brewers. Like This is not going to be fun for the Yankees down the stretch. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll uh, shift gears, talk a little football, and we'll get into the contests, especially the contests here at Circa, both Circa Millions 
and Circa Survivor. Looking over my shoulder at the big board here at the Circa Sportsbook, there's massive overlays on both of these contests. Vegas Matty from footballcontest.com will join me here on the program. I'm going to talk to him about how the process works, how long he's been in this contest game, and everything you need to know uh, for the contests here in town. Once again, I'm Scott Seidenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Air. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Hit us all up on the network at VSIN Live. Vegas Maddie joins me next right here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The Circus Sports Millions 4 and the Circus Survivor 3 have a total of $12 million in guaranteed prize pools this season. And the Westgate Super Contest just opened up for signups, along with the Golden Nugget and William Hill contests as well. Our friends at footballcontest.com have been the top proxy service for more than a decade with all of the biggest football contests in Las Vegas. If you don't live in Nevada, you need a proxy service. VSIN's Brent Musburger uses footballcontest.com to make sure he gets his picks entered in time. So that's footballcontest.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. And joining us from footballcontest.com is Vegas Maddie, who you follow on Twitter at Vegas underscore Maddie. Matt, thanks so much for giving us a few minutes. How long have you been doing the proxy service here in town? Yeah, well, it's going back to 2009. My partner, Tony Law, and myself, we decided to team up and kind of take on the world as far as the football contests go. Uh, We had worked together previously and had a handful of clients each, and we thought, hey, you know, if we team up, we could do as many people as as possible. (laughs) And (laughs) we've seen it grow 10, 20 times over over the years. I mean, we're we're handling uh, over 2,000 entries, probably closer to three this year between all the contests around town. And we started out, we only had about uh, 10 or 20 clients. So it's come a long way for sure. How about just the, I mean, the growth of the proxy service is tremendous, but how about just the growth of the contests overall? I mean, at one point, the, the Super Contest was the biggest game in town. Now with, you know, the circuit contests over the past couple of years, just the money that is involved and the prizes just keep growing exponentially every year. No, no doubt about it. I mean, when we started out, 
in 2009, the, uh, I believe the super contest was a little over 300 entries. And, uh, and now you see what Derek Stevens is doing with the circa million. I mean, they're going to, they're going to top 4,000 entries. I know he wants to get 6,000 to avoid that overlay and, uh, clear that guaranteed money. But, uh, I mean, you might see 5,000 entries, maybe six, who knows? I mean, they got a little ways to go with that. And then the survivor, on the other hand, man, I mean, I think that's the, the one that's been really surprising. I know Derek had high hopes for that uh, when he introduced it a couple of years ago, and it took a little while to get going. But after you saw five people cash million dollar checks last year, I think everyone wants to get in on it this year. Do you think uh, we see uh, that, you know, the numbers are right here behind me on the big board at Circa and there's still a massive overlay with both contests. But here we are in the middle of August. Do you expect the next two weeks to be the busiest time for signups here in town? Yeah, I mean, from here on out, it's just it's like a snowball picking up steam. The last few weekends, uh, you're going to see probably 75 percent of the entries come in. Um, yeah, these these last three weekends. So uh, that's that's uh, the numbers that they have now. I mean, I, I think they're pushing what two thousand in the survivor. That's going to triple in the last few weeks, and then uh, you know the uh, million is there, is getting closer to fifteen hundred. That's going to probably do the same thing. It's going to probably push like forty five hundred, uh, uh, like somewhere around there. Last year, both contests had a little over four thousand entries. So. Uh, yeah, it's going to finish strong. There's going to tons of people coming in town this weekend, probably even more the weekend after that. And then you got Labor Day weekend. And then so many people come in at the last minute because they want to get action on the week one games in person here at all the sports books around town. What's some of the biggest questions you get asked uh, from maybe a potential uh, client, somebody that wants to sign up for a contest? What's some of the biggest questions that you get asked and how you answer and respond to them? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I think is just finding someone trustworthy, you know, people will go on Google and, and search for proxy services. And what we've really tried to do is build ours around customer service, being responsive to our clients, getting back to them as soon as possible. When there's an email in, in our email box, you know, I'll be around town and check my phone and I'll try to get back to somebody within minutes, it's sometimes seconds if I'm on top of it really well. But you just want to build that relationship from the start and make sure that people know that they can count on you to put their picks in because they're they're entering you know upwards of like tens of thousands of dollars in these some of these contests around town if you max out all the circuit contests you're paying playing uh, nine grand and then uh, some guys even get friends to sign up for survivor entries for them so they're they're getting a lot of uh, action here and uh, you definitely want somebody you can trust to put the picks in so that's our biggest thing is is the customer service and how we've built our reputation over the years and you know working with you guys at VSIN and getting uh, public out it, we really appreciate it obviously and and that's definitely helped to have a good partner there and what's the deadline for entry yeah, well, we offer two different uh, deadlines, actually. We've got a Friday deadline for people who are ready to roll with their picks and want maybe a more ex inexpensive option. And then um, our, our um, deadline that probably 80%, 85% of our clients use is our Saturday deadline. So we've got a 1 p.m. Pacific deadline for Circa and then 4 p.m. Pacific time for the, the Westgate Super Contest. And those are pretty much the, the latest deadlines out there. So we try to give people as mu much time as they can have and then also give us enough time to get all these entries in before the buzzer do you send out like do you send out reminders um or like you know if somebody forgets to put their picks in is that on them well we've got spreadsheets upon spreadsheets so we um 
all of our clients will log into our website to submit their picks on a weekly basis. And then we basically will check everything off. And if we're missing somebody, we'll reach out to them, we'll call them, we'll text them. We'll do everything we can to get a hold of them at the last second. And worst case scenario, we'll just put some random picks in for you and hope you go 5-0 and somehow. Or if you're going for the booby prize, go 0-5. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got it by chance. Funny There's st- a nice feature on the kiosk that's like a quick five that you can just press and it'll randomly select five games for you. Wow. That's what we use to, for all of our clients who, who <laughs> can't get their picks in for whatever reason. Funny story, last year at the end of the season, I knew I didn't have a chance to cash here at certain Circa Millions. So I said, let me go for the booby prize. You know, if I can go yeah. three straight weeks of maybe 0-5, I'm going to have a chance to win some money. I went 4-1 three straight weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That just goes to show. I mean, we've actually had the Booby Prize winner, the overall winner, the first two years that that they've had in the contest. And it's very interesting because both of the guys that won are very sharp handicappers and just ended up fading their own picks. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, they just got off to kind of rough starts and and just went for it. Like about, you know, one of the guys, the first guy that we had that won the Booby Prize, he knew like after the first week, I think he went like 0-5 and and Mm. 1-4. So he just went for it with one of his entries, and then he p- put his picks that he wanted to win in the, in the, on the other, other entry. entry. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he did end up placing with that other entry even wow. after that uh, that rough week in week one. So well, it makes sense if he won, if he won the booby prize fading his picks, then the opposites would have a, a good enough record to, to cash. Yeah, the money. yeah, he was yeah yeah outside of having like that rough first week, you know, because he, he had a rough week on both of his yeah. entries. He rebounded, and yeah, he did pretty well. He finished, I, I'm trying to think, like in the 30s or 40s, something like that, you know, with his a, other. So it, he cashed both of them, but obviously the bigger one was the booby prize. Sure, sure. You know, that's a really interesting strategy if you have two entries to kind of yep. just play the opposite of like the same five games and, and see which way you go about. Um, how much are you involved, if at all, with any type of strategy or game theory? Do you get asked a lot of questions about what, people should do do you try and stay away from that like how do you handle that when clients come to you and be like hey i really have this question what should i do yeah i mean i've gotten asked questions from guys (laughs) especially some survivor guys over the years just want to pick my brain on some stuff but you know what that's that's too much pressure for me i mean we just try to get the picks in and you know i i don't know i think the biggest issue really is is guys who have multiple um uh entries in a survivor contest uh, we had a gentleman a, co- a couple years ago who, who actually cashed with two entries in the Survivor wow. um, for seventy thousand apiece. But yeah, he would he would text me all the time and say, "Hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking. Do you think I should go for this and use the same team?" He, he did. He used the same team multiple times with the two entries, and um, I just told him, "Hey, man, if you believe in it and you're confident, go for it. You know, it's it's your entries, it's your money." And, you know, if you feel that strongly about it and you've gotten this far in it, just go for it. And he used that strategy all the way up till this this last Sunday night game. I, I it was I, I'm pretty sure it was like a Eagles Giants game or something like that. And and he took put both of them on the on the same team and ended up you know winning both of them to, to claim those those two super, uh, survivor wins. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because I don't want to really get involved. I kind of just ride with uh, everyone that. Uh, is doing well uh, that we have and yeah i'm just rooting for them to do well and and that they'll cash at the end well that's tremendous maddie i appreciate the time and the insight and i hope people check it out footballcontest.com thanks so much appreciate it thank you so much there he is vegas maddie doing a great job the proxy service helping people sign up for the contest not just here at circa 
but of all the contests around town. And yeah, that is a true story. Uh, last year, I knew uh, after a certain point in the season that I was not going to cash in the Circa Millions. So I said, let me try and lose. And for three straight weeks, uh, I went four and one with my selections trying to lose. Um, so it goes to show you uh, that eh, maybe I was on the wrong side of all of those games, but some of them were really close. Uh, and, and you know, the numbers were different from the closing numbers and a whole bunch of things. But I just thought that was a funny story to tell. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air. Speaking of funny stories, where is Tom Brady? One Reddit theory you will not believe. This is the look ahead here on VSIN. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.